You're listening to the Soul Care Podcast. I'm Elaine Hamilton, the founder of the Soul Care House, a group of therapists working in community with a shared perspective about the path towards healing and change. This podcast is about creating a space for real conversations about real life struggles, a place where you can gather insight and support for issues that are relevant to you and the people you love. So sit back, put your feet up, and let's talk. I'm here with Charlie Roos again. Hello, everyone. Nice to have you, Charlie. Always good. Good. Uh, we thought we would continue the conversation we were having from our last episode, Avoiding the Same Old Fight. Mm-hmm. We'd started uh, approaching the topic of vulnerability and thought, gosh, we need to spend some more time talking about that. Um, in that last episode, we talked about expectations and disappointments and why conversations couples have around those issues usually get intense and unproductive. Um, So we thought like, let's move into vulnerability now to talk about like, here's some practical how-tos to use vulnerability to move you through those conversations to de-escalate, to reconnect, so that we can actually hear each other. Because when when we're up here, when the emotions are intense, we're usually not hearing or connecting with each other. And totally. that's just not any fun for anybody. So uh, no, let's not. let's maybe start with um, how you would describe what vulnerability is and what it isn't mm-hmm. to people. Perfect. So, yes, I, I would say when we're talking about being vulnerable with our partner, the first thing we, we probably want to consider is that if I'm not feeling a little anxious, a little insecure, a little scared so to speak Mm -hmm. i'm probably not in a vulnerable place because vulnerability means i'm i'm open to being hurt i'm open to um being uh i'm not defending myself i'm not i'm not protecting myself i've put down blaming i've put down being defensive i've put down making sure i'm right Mm -hmm. and i'm really open to uh i'm on a i want to share deeply who i am and i want I'm hoping, but I can't guarantee that you'll receive deeply who I am. And that's a, that's vulnerable. That's mm-hmm. a little scary. And so if you're not feeling that way, it probably begs the question, are you really being vulnerable? Right. If you're feeling protective and strong and like, I'm going to kick ass in this conversation and win, yeah. you're probably not uh, in, a real vulnerable, <laughs> in a real vulnerable place. So that would be first, uh, just to be kind of say, make sure that, that you know, kind of check in with, am I sure I'm in that place? And then... Yeah. The next thing I think would be to say, we want to make sure that we learn and know how to use the, to start with just the language of vulnerability. The language of vulnerability means I'm talking about how I'm doing, first of all, and I'm not talking about what you are doing. Mm -hmm. It's it's vulnerable to say, uh, I'm feeling insecure right now and afraid you want to control me. It's not vulnerable to say you're being controlling. Right. <laughs> like right. One of those is about my experience. Yes. One of them is about what you're doing. And yes. it's, it's a different, uh, it has a very different um, vibe to it. Yeah. And, and one I think is inviting. I think that right. being vulnerable with your partner is inviting and the other is pushing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it can even be helpful to leave the word you out of the expression at all. I, I think that's right? true. To just say, yeah. I feel afraid, uh, or yeah. I'm I'm feeling reactive against 
against the idea of being controlled, right? Like it's yeah. it's just it's a nuance, but it helps the your partner not feel like you're you're deciding what I'm doing. Totally. And it just says uh, I'm I'm reacting against possibly feeling controlled. No, that's good. That was uh, um, I was actually <laughs> thinking about this topic this morning and thinking about how. It is. It's tempting to actually do a hybrid, which is what I just did. I did a hybrid of like mm-hmm. of saying I'm talking about me, and then I slip in yeah, maybe about something you. about you. Right, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just me. I must be feeling vulnerable. Yeah. It's just, uh, but there's just a uh, yeah. And so I think you're right. There's actually, a, like a nuance to it. Best practice is it really is just my experience, and we yeah. leave out any use altogether. And I think that's the way we learn to make I statements, like in college, right? In psych class where they teach you how to make an I statement, I feel bad when you right. blank, right? So um, I think that that's a step in the right direction, but I agree with you that like the cleaner we can make that, the more personal, right. the more um, it's centered in an experience that I'm having, the, the higher my chances of my partner really hearing and moving toward me. And that's ultimately what I want, is for my partner to hear me, understand, have some empathy for what I'm experiencing. Right. I think the other thing there that sometimes happens is it is we make we make meaning about our feelings that are really uh, blaming. So like mm. so for example like it's one thing to say I, I feel really anxious, but um, if I'm if I'm if I approach my partner with certainty that the reason I'm anxious is about them, right. then I'm going to be turning into blaming. And so yeah. I'm really anxious because the way you're talking to me, or I feel really anxious because of because you won't do anything around the house, or and really my anxiety might be about my family of origin, my trauma might be yeah. that I have an anxiety disorder. My, I might be anxious for a hundred reasons, mm-hmm. but if I want to put all that on my partner, well, again, now I'm pushing them away, and mm-hmm. I'm, back, I'm back to blaming, back to defending mm-hmm. um, myself, which is it's. And it's really hard not to do that because really it just hard. feels safer yeah. if I don't have to own it all as mine. Yes. I want it to be yours. Yes. That feels better. Yes. It also pushes the other person away. Right. Because <laughs> I feel sure that you are the problem. Right. right? Like exactly. I'm 100% <laughs> sure. In the moment. Right. It's definitely you. Yeah. So a, a big piece of vulnerability is walking away from that concept and saying, I am going to come from this very tender, open, undefended, undefended place and tell you I'm scared, I'm worried, I'm exactly. whatever. Yeah. Which would be the second part was to say once we once we can really focus on <clears throat> how I am doing, not what you are doing. Yeah. Then I need to get into my feelings more than my thoughts, and so. Uh, again, it's it, the mind is safer than the heart for most people, so it's it's more it feels safer usually to say something like, you know, as we're having this conversation, um, I either I might say I feel like mm-hmm. it's not going anywhere. It's like well, that's actually a thought. Like, yeah. I feel like the conversation yeah. isn't going away. Isn't isn't a, isn't going anywhere? Isn't a feeling? That's a yeah. that's a thought about the conversation. Or I might say, um, <laughs> well, I just think this is unproductive. And it's like well, that great. That's not. I'm, I'm talking about my experience, but yeah. I'm talking about my thoughts. I'm, I'm still yeah. not in my heart. Right. And so if we're going to say, I feel, mm-hmm. I feel, it's not even I feel like. Yeah. It's just I feel followed by an emotion. Yes. That's probably our most vulnerable path. Yeah. I feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. I feel humiliated. I feel alone. Mm-hmm. I feel sad that we're not connected. I feel stuck. Stuck. Any number of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to go 
it's focusing on how I'm doing, it's focusing on my feelings. And then, um, yeah, and then it's, 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 it's naming actual emotions, not saying I feel, mm-hmm. and then get back in my head, which is, right. again, sort of that hybrid of like, I told you how I feel. Right. I feel like you're being an idiot. It's like, right. <laughs> that's not... I was very clear. <laughs> I was very clear about my feelings. And so uh, yeah. uh, we want to be able to make sure that those are actual emotions. Right. I, I think of it as like, it's like moving from being in the driver's seat of a car to being in the passenger seat of the car, right? Like if I stay in my thoughts and in my anger, in my power, I have control over where this car is going. Yep. But sliding into vulnerability where I'm just like open, I'm letting go of the steering wheel and the gas and the destination, I'm letting go of everything and I'm sliding over to the passenger seat and I'm crossing my fingers that you're gonna care about what I'm going to say. And I don't know, I don't know what you're going to do. Right. Um, and so so it's, it's obviously feels so much safer to stay in the driver's seat, keep combating you with lots of power, lots of genius ideas, lots of persuasion, lots of examples. Right. of how this is your fault or how, how you don't get me or whatever. And so terrifying to let go of that, slide into the passenger seat and say, I feel scared, I feel overwhelmed, I'm worried, I want to feel close to you, I miss you. Yeah. It's way scarier. I, I, way yeah. scarier. And, and, and that is a learned skill. I mean, I think for most mm-hmm. of us, we don't learn that growing up. We don't. Mm-hmm. Most of our parents don't teach us vulnerability. Right. They don't teach us how to talk vulnerably about, about, vulnerably about our emotions and then how to feel safe as we do that and how to be safe for someone else. I mean, these are, this is something that we have to like practice and learn because most of us are conditioned to not be vulnerable. Our, yeah. our culture doesn't really value vulnerability most of the time. Yeah. I had a friend recently, uh, she was telling me about her, one of her kids and that uh, her kid will say things sometimes like, the lunch you made me yesterday was terrible. <laughs> like you're terrible at making sandwiches. Oh, yeah, and she doesn't power up on him. She just says like, you know, that's huh. that feels a little hurtful when you talk to me that way. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm sorry you didn't like it. And but yeah. you know, she's <laughs> some of us have uh, kids or spouses or other people in our life who who come at us and to mm-hmm. stay in a vulnerable place takes quite a bit of inner strength to like. I'm yes. not going to defend myself. I'm not going to blame. Yes. And, I, and I, I love how she was modeling to her kid. Like, right. I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be tough, defensive with yeah. you. I'm going to be. I'm about just, your sandwich. About your sandwich. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm sorry you don't like it. You know. <laughs> I'll Maybe work the liverwurst it. isn't your thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah. Like, how do we get ourselves into the headspace of that, Charlie? Like, obviously, this is no joke trying to do this kind of work is not for babies it is not for babies yeah and I think especially you know when it's terrifying and we're in the middle of a fight and uh that's when it can be like um you're really you're trying to yeah I think that's true it's very difficult to work into a state of vulnerability instead of a state of blame or defensiveness so one thing uh that I think could be helpful is um ideally uh at some point in the relationship there is an agreement between both partners that were both committed to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so, because it is going to be harder, not impossible, mm-hmm. but harder, if you don't have a sense of confidence that if I go to vulnerability, my partner and I have already agreed that we're both gonna go there. Right. Like, if you're the only one who's gonna go there, that's gonna be really hard. You're basically trying to get your physiology 
to soften, deactivate, uh, calm down in an environment that is attacking and stressful. Right. That's really hard to do. Right. But if you, if you, ideally, if you already know my partner will soften if I soften, well, it's going to be way more motivating, and there's going to be, um, it's just easier. Right. And, um, it took me another <clears throat> a long time to to like start trusting that process that like. If I calm down, she'll calm down. And vice versa. If she calms down, I'll calm down. Yeah. And um, we don't do it perfectly, but it it has been a skill, and it has certainly helped. So that's developed over time. Over time. Over we've been married fourteen years. Yeah, because sometimes you're in a relationship with someone who won't do that with you, right? Right. Who's just uh, who who's too escalated and can't calm down. Like I I think a lot of times people will because it's it's a it's almost a natural invitation. Like when somebody calms down and gets soft. We, we naturally move toward them unless we're so escalated that's like I can't even tolerate how soft you're being right now. I have to stay. Right. <laughs> I have to stay up here and really let you have it. Um, so that, that can be the challenge, right? Is if, if your partner doesn't buy this idea that vulnerability is the way to go, can yeah. you still do it? Right. Um, because it, it actually is the only way that you have a chance to get what you want, right? Which is... I want more closeness. I want more understanding with my partner. So even if your partner doesn't agree or can't do this with you, yeah. um, the outcomes that you're going to get out of moving to vulnerability yourself are very likely going to be much better than yeah. the outcomes if you stay powered up. Totally, it's it's worth it either way. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 your best chance. Uh, the only caveat that would be. We don't want to be a doormat to somebody's right. abuse or something right. like that. Like yes. You want to keep putting yourself in a vulnerable place and then yeah. they just attack you or hit mm-hmm. you or yell at you. It's like, well, mm-hmm. at some point, there's going to need to be a shift there. But Yes. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. a person who doesn't have the capacity to really love, right? Who's right. Just, uh, they need a lot of inner work yeah. before they're going to be ready for that. Yeah. Um, I remember one time, uh, this wasn't even that long ago, I was, we were in our kitchen and I was saying to Heather, like, I was going on one of my personality rants about everything that was wrong in our house or something. As I would I love do, to hear this. As I do sometimes, yeah. Why isn't there more soy milk in the refrigerator? Or why Just all this sort of nonsense. Everything is wrong. Everything's wrong. Everything's <laughs> falling apart. And she she just looked at me and she was like, you must be under a lot of stress. Uh, she said it really tender. Oh. You must be under a lot of stress. Like, I want to, what do you need from me? How can I be helpful? And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> like, just like, I hate it when just you do like that. Blew the guy, you know. Just like it's just exposing because it, it really yes. it, it makes it. If she's not gonna power up on me, then I'm just left with my uh-huh. irritation and me. And it's like, oh, right. it's so obvious that it's just me right now. Right. And her vulnerability sort of gently exposed that. And not yes. she wasn't trying to be exposing. It's just right. But it was a helpful like, mm. okay, what's going on with me? Like, yeah. like this is so unreasonable. I'm yes. obviously anxious or overwhelmed or something. So yeah, that's great. It just reminds me how uh, Ken does does something similar to me when I'm I'm in my spaces where I'm like just like yeah, usually something like everything is wrong and life is too hard and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'll just hold me mm-hmm. and I'll be like pushing him away like he's like yeah. I, it seems like you just need a hug and I'm like get off of me but if yeah. I can tolerate being held for a minute or so I mean even just 60 seconds of being held it's like right. it just calms my nervous system down and it's similar where it's like oh I'm not actually doing okay right. and I needed someone to see that I wasn't doing okay and 
He saw that I wasn't doing okay. Be gentle okay. with me. Yeah. Help me calm down. Very kind. He's being way more grown up than I am right now. Right. And I really it's appreciate that. Yes. It's always humiliating. Uh, that's funny. But yeah, <clears throat> if somebody can go to vulnerability first, yeah. that's going to be, um, yeah. that's, that will, will work even if the other person's having a hard time. Yeah. Uh, ideally, we, we meet each other in that space, but better one person than nobody mm-hmm. yeah it's like uh, somebody's got to be the badass in the family right like that's kind of how mm-hmm. I think of it uh, when I uh, when I'm struggling to do the grown-up thing or the healthy thing sometimes I will say to myself like who do I want to be um, do I want to be somebody who keeps doing the same old thing getting the same results yes or do I want to do something that's scary but way more effective and then I sort of like channel that like my superhero my inner superhero like I'm gonna be that's how badass I'm gonna be I'm gonna bring the healthiest version of me that I can to this conversation and I can't do that all the time obviously but um it's super helpful to think about uh for me just that phrase helps to like it brings out a little of like a little uh courage or a little uh desire maybe of like right. yeah I want to live my life in a way that I can be proud of and what that looks like in the middle of this conversation is me calming down and saying the thing that's hardest to say yeah which I think kind of one of our our next points in and how do I do that is exactly what you're saying which is to remember uh, sometimes it's helpful to ground yourself and what's the vision of my marriage? Mm-hmm. What am I trying to accomplish? Yeah. Um, do I want to be a badass? Right. Sort of like a uh, committed man or woman to this process and really moving this relationship in the right direction? Yeah. Or do I want to participate in the ongoing uh, tearing down of our intimacy. Right. Like I right. and and do I even have a vision of my marriage? It's like where are we going? Are, are we mm-hmm. are we trying to are we headed towards oneness, towards real unity, towards real intimacy? Is that are we do we have a vision of like my goal is to progressively know you and support you more and more and more with every year that we know each other? Mm-hmm. Or is it just is my vision just I just need to get through the day. And sometimes when we're right. overwhelmed, it's just get through the day. Right. But that's so often bogs down into just well, one more day of just protecting myself pushing you away mm-hmm. not addressing the issues that need to be addressed mm-hmm. not softening with you not really being your partner and um it's I, you know me and heather have certainly been in seasons like that but couples therapy and other things have helped us like let's reset the foundation and remember mm-hmm. where we're trying to go um, yeah because that can get us back to yeah vulnerability yeah because i i think uh uh Oftentimes, what we're coming into marriage with is a is a perception or a vision of a marriage that's actually very unworkable, right? Like, um, hmm. I certainly came into marriage thinking, I, now I'm finally going to have a person who's going to take care of me, and uh, all of the things that are wrong, all of the needs that I have, all of the worries that I have are going to be taken care of by the love that this person is going to give me, and the, the attention, and right. the all of the things that he's going to do for me. And then the the wake-up call that like, oh, actually he's a person with needs of his own and he's not thinking about me 24-7 and that's actually unreasonable to expect of another right. person, right? And I, I think sort of over the years working with um, women, I, I see that trend inside of us um, as females. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't always there, but... Um, this idea that a man is going to take care of us emotionally um, is pretty is pretty uh, cemented in us. I think because of 
you know, the movies we watch and the books we read and yeah. just that message that, that finally Prince Charming is coming and he's going to fix everything, everything right? Everything will be okay now. Yeah, and just the weight of the of what that's like to put that on another person is is pretty terrible and realizing this, this really is not fair to a partner to expect all of this from a partner. I think that's true for a lot of women and I also would say uh, what is also true for a lot of men is, mm-hmm. is they come into a relationship wanting someone to take care of them like outwardly. Like she'll she will, or he will, if I'm in a same-sex relationship, mm-hmm. uh, this other person will do the cleaning, do the dishes. They'll mm-hmm. take care of me like my mom or my dad did. They're gonna, but they're gonna, they're gonna make life work and make it uh, simple for me. And and ideally, they'll be kind of easy and just kind of let me do my thing. Yeah. And um, and uh, and I'll <laughs> I'll provide or I'll do my part. Sometimes you know the man man takes care of the kids. Great, but. Um, but if I do my part, all will kind of be smooth, and uh, there can be. And so when there's when it's not going that way, I'm just gonna I'll just withdraw. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what we've mm-hmm. seen with a lot of women is when if I really want to be taken care of, or that's my sort of idea of where the marriage, what the marriage is going to be, then I'm going to move towards you when you don't do that. Yeah, grab at you yes. to take care of me. Yeah. and a lot of men. And we talked in a different podcast about you and Kelly talked about different attachment styles, mm-hmm. but the avoidantly attached man, when many many men are avoidantly attached, means I'm going to. Uh, I, I don't really believe you can meet my needs or want to, so I'll just yeah. move away from you. And right. we want to break those repetitive attachment style patterns of either grabbing at you or removing myself, mm-hmm. and and go to vulnerability instead. Mm-hmm. How am I really doing? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I feeling like I can't be enough for you? Am I feeling like? Yeah. Am I feeling anxious and sad that we're disconnected? Yeah. You know, again, to, to kind of break those patterns. The one other point I'll say about that, which I think can be important, is a lot of people go into marriage with uh, what I would call like an idealized version of what marriage or their spouse is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And idealization is a defense mechanism. Mm. And like all defense mechanisms, the point of it is to, is to lower my anxiety and raise my self-esteem. And so if what I do is I project an idealized perfection onto this person, there's the person who will finally rescue me and make me happy. Right. What I need to do then is attach myself to that person. Then my self-esteem goes up, my anxiety goes down, uh-huh. and I'll feel better. Right. The problem is, as soon as I attach myself to my, my idealized view of somebody, they disappoint me. It's mm-hmm. inevitable mm-hmm. because I've created the ideal picture in my own mind really just for my own... Mm-hmm. purpose to feel better and it doesn't exist and it doesn't exist it's yeah. it's a magical fantasy right and then it, when it breaks down my self-esteem goes down yeah. <gasps> you don't love me the way you're supposed to <laughs> and my anxiety goes back up yeah i'll never find somebody who loves me you know and then and, i blame you for <laughs> yeah, all of that yeah. <laughs> yeah. why aren't you the perfect person like you said you yeah i never said i would be well you acted like it you know like, <laughs> no, you I, brought me flowers <laughs> yeah. and uh so it's this like having to almost look at ourselves and say, how am I idealizing my partner in a way that's not helpful? Yes. Some idealization is great. I've actually read a study that said healthy marriages have some level of idealization. Like this huh. is the best woman in the world. This is the most beautiful woman mm-hmm. I've ever met. Like mm-hmm. that's a good thing to idealize our partners like that. Yeah. But if it goes so far as to like, this is the person who will meet every single need I never got in childhood. Yeah. We're in deep yeah. trouble. It's, it's yeah. not going to... Uh, 
I was with a couple on the weekend, and that was in play like this. Um, they've been married for well into 30 years now, and you know, we they were telling their story about how they met and all of that, and there was such tenderness around the story. And um, the, the wife said, that was the best day of my life. This was this is the perfect person for me, always has been, always will be. And it was just like, it was so true for her. And it was so beautiful to watch that, like, they've done so much of life together. And there still is this deep tenderness and a healthy idealism, I think, mm-hmm. um, what you're talking about between right. the two. It's really, it was really beautiful to watch that. It is beautiful. And when you can see that sort of nice balance, mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. That's just when it gets either, uh, I start demonizing you as the source of all my problems. Right. Or, <laughs> right. or I've, I, my expectations are so sky high that no human being could ever meet them. Yes. Then uh, we're screwed. We're screwed. We're <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I think there's just one one other point we had kind of talked about in terms of how to be um, how to get into that headspace. Mm-hmm. The sort of last thing there would just be don't don't go into that conversation unprocessed. Yes, like it's a lot easier. Have a plan. Have a plan. Talk yes. it out with somebody ahead of time. Like if you if you know that you're angry about something and mad and and having a really hard time softening and getting into vulnerability, well, don't start the conversation mm-hmm. about. Why the floors are always dirty, or right. <laughs> whatever the issue is <laughs> right. that you're mad about. It's not gonna go well until you can really get mm-hmm. to what's the what's the vulnerable, what's yeah. going on with me in a more vulnerable place. Yeah, yeah, and for a lot of us, that requires a good chunk of time, right? Like yes. uh, sometimes when Ken and I are having a conflict, and I, all I want to do is say terrible things, I will walk away. I'll say I need I need a break. And, you know, I'll, I'll, like, walk down the hall when I'm far enough away. I'll start whispering terrible things under my breath, right? And a, a part of me needs to get it out. Yeah. And then another part of me is watching that going, wow, wow, what is going on? What is what is that all about? I'm like, actually, I'm really scared. Yeah. I'm really overwhelmed. That's what I'm really feeling. Oh, okay. So when you're ready, that's the thing you need to go back with and say, I'm scared. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. I I don't know how to have this conversation in a way that's going to be successful. You know, whatever it is, but it 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 often takes time, and some of us need to lock ourselves in the bathroom for a little while before we continue a conversation. For sure, and I think I mean <clears throat> more often than not, what needs to be processed before I can get to vulnerability is my anger. Mm-hmm. I'm mad, mm-hmm. and so um, if that's you know I think that's true for many people. Is it's like the first thing I feel is some form of anger. That could be irritation, yeah. annoyance, frustration. Could be rage. Could be rage. And if you've been married long enough, it's like, yeah. oh my god. So, uh, yeah. so we have to do something to like to, to help process, get it out, get mm-hmm. to a more settled place, so I can get to what else I'm feeling besides yeah. anger. The anger is healthy, most right. likely. It's not like it doesn't belong. It's just. It's pointing out what's going on, right? So if we can look, and I always, we always talk about anger being a secondary emotion. So if we can right. get to like what's underneath that, it's like, well, I feel stepped on, or I feel humiliated, or I feel misunderstood, or I feel unimportant. Right. Oh, okay. So that's the thing you need to talk about, not the you did this and made me. You know, like all of that is a waste of time. But yes. like, I'm feeling unimportant. Another question to ask might be like. Yeah. Anger is my fight response coming online. So what am I fighting for? Yeah. I'm fighting for your attention. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. I, what I really want is your attention. Yeah. How does it feel when I don't get your attention? I feel pissed off. Well, okay, what else do you feel <laughs> besides, Sad. besides pissed off? Yeah, like rejected. Exactly. There's this yeah. vulnerable experience of like, yeah, my, my, I am mobilizing into a fight place because I care about this person, mm-hmm. because they matter to me, because I want something from them and I'm not getting it, and that's really hard. Yeah. And if we can get to that tender space. <laughs> There. That's good stuff, Charlie. Okay. You got another thought? One yes, final thought go. That, we, that we, which I think is good to talk about, is that I think we have both seen that sometimes what happens is a couple finally does break through oh, into yes. vulnerable dynamics. Yes. Like after maybe five, ten years of marriage, where there's been very little vulnerability and very little deep honesty between them about how they're feeling, how they're doing, what's going on. And they start learning those skills. And it can be like an it can be a little disorienting because all of a sudden that man who used to withdraw from you every time there was a conflict and not tell you how he was doing and just go avoid or watch TV is now saying, I miss you and I feel hurt and like I'm not enough for you. Yes. And that can be like... Disorienting. I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) This is like... Wait a minute, I'm not done fighting. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not done fighting. And so... Um, there's a normal period there where it can feel like I almost feel like I'm starting over again in marriage yeah. or like we're we're becoming these different people. Yeah, who are you now? Who are you now? Yeah. And and I mean I remember for years Heather would say to me, I know you don't need me. I just mm. tell you don't need me. You don't need my support, you don't need my encouragement. Mm. Um, and I'd be like, Well no, I need I need you, I need I need you to do dishes sometimes. I need you to, you know, I need you to do the practicals. I really love that chili you make. I really love that chili you make. I need your cooking. Um, and I just, uh, and then within my own kind of process, uh, probably seven, eight years ago, kind of broke through a lot of the barriers that were keeping me from going to those places. And all of a sudden it was like, she'll talk about it, like, it's like this river of need mm. pouring out of me of like, yeah. I do need your support and I need you to be there for me and I need to talk up. And I, was, I had so many words all of a sudden. <laughs> and uh, now she jokes, there's times when she like, she'll go out of town for like a retreat for a week or something. It's like this nice break for her, you know, it's like, oh yeah. I gotta get away from you and all your feelings. <laughs> yeah, it's just so many feelings in the room now. Oh, do you need to talk again? You know, it's like... <laughs> So, yeah. so things shift, and, and yeah. overall, we have a really it's sweet beautiful. partnership now. Yeah, but, it's beautiful. Um, but there's this disorienting period mm-hmm. of like, I, I, I guess I, I wanted you to be needy and vulnerable for so long, yes. and now that you are, yes. it might be overwhelming. Right. And it can be uh, a little, it's a big transition sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Charlie. It's always going to be here. We'll do it again. Cool. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to the Soul Care House podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions or comments you have, if there are topics you'd like us to address, let us know. Feel free to contact me at elaine at soulcarehouse.com. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do here at Soul Care, our website is soulcarehouse.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle there is soulcarehouseandbarn. Talk to you soon.